We're talking the top five consumer goods stories of 2014. This is Industry Focus. Well, hello, fools. I'm Nathan Hamilton. This is the tech, or sorry, the consumer goods edition of Industry Focus. I'm joined by not a tech analyst, a consumer goods analyst, Sean O'Reilly. Yeah, I hope we're not talking about tech right now. I don't yeah, yeah. Much. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're talking all Apple. We're going to talk cloud computing, SaaS, all Oh, this. shoot. Hey, I technical, gosh. semiconductors. Yeah. We'll get into that. I've seen the Terminator movies, so sure. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> tech investing, very similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess a topic you know quite a bit more about consumer goods industry. Right. Uh, so what I did for our viewers, you know, 2014's winding down. I just wanted to count down the top five. There's obviously investment lessons in them, but also sure. entertaining consumer goods investing stories of 2015, uh, 2014. Uh, so we're actually going to start at the top. So we're going to go, you know, pretty good to awesome, like hilarious stuff. Uh, number five are the teen retailers continuing to struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in my late 20s. When I was in high school, you know, middle school, all that stuff, the Abercrombies, the Urban Outfitters, all that stuff, these were like the must-have items that just killing it. The stores were gangbusters. I mean, they're just not, not doing well these days. The uh, uh, CEO of Abercrombie and Fitch just stepped down. Um, you've got Urban Outfitters. Yeah, pretty interesting comments. Yeah. Throughout the last year or two. <laughs> we can't go into too much, but uh, yeah. Ugh. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, kind of awkward. But. Um, and uh, you know you've got Urban Outfitters. They've got other brands. Thank God for their shareholders, like the um, uh, Anthropology Stores and Free People. Those brands are doing really well because they're new, they're fresh, they're interesting. But um, their age-old brand of Urban Outfitters, that's not doing well. They have negative comps. So we're seeing this secular shift towards um, away from what was working so well 10 or 15 years ago, away from the mainstream cool kind of vintage stuff that uh, is just not working anymore. So, you know, you mentioned sort of the cool factor, which is obviously present in retail all the time. So comps for Abercrombie, negative 10% in the most yeah. recent quarter. Um, you know, is it a matter of these companies have lost the coolness factor altogether? I know Abercrombie is going toward less logo themes on their clothing. I mean, What's really behind it? What's driving these? You know, why is anthropology? Well, see, and this is the lesson that I wanted um, our listeners to kind of take from this: is they're subject to the whims of fashion, just like everybody yep. else. Um, you know, you might have thought 10, 15 years ago that they're like Abercrombie clothes; they're going to be cool forever, like Levi jeans. Well, jeans aren't doing so hot, so hot now anyway. But um, it's really, really important for investors if you buy into these brands to keep in mind that you can't predict what people are going to want to buy next year fashionably or whatever. Yeah. You need to be really, really sure of the product before you step up and actually own it and just stick it under your mattress and forget about it. Kind of a side note, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Zara. You know, Montiago Ortega, yeah. one of the richest guys out there, has built an empire yep. on fashion. And that's, uh, I guess it's a hit story he, now. He, he can do it, mere mortals like us. Yep. We, uh, we don't know, especially you and I, we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen with fashion. So another uh, another retailer, another fashion company out there. In this this has just been entertaining. Yep. Um, the stock's at a buck, but of course we're talking about American Apparel. Mm -hmm. Hopefully nobody listening to this has owned shares in the company. Yep. But uh, that's CEO, man. Woo. <laughs> what did he say? I mean, you know, to help our listeners out a little bit, what, what was going on there? Why was he ousted? Um, just tons of gaffes, and they've had all these supply chain, like, all these issues. And uh, so he finally stepped down. And uh, he came out the other day, and he's like, yep. And his, keep in mind, before he was ousted, he, his salary was $800,000. He 
He hmm. says he's down to his last hundred thousand dollars, which if you're used to making eight hundred grand a year is bad. It's like, okay, I got a month and a half's worth of my income left. And he's like saying he's like sleeping on his friend's couch <laughs> in New York City. It's <laughs> kinda like what's going on here. It's odd when you look at it because, you know, that's a, almost a two hundred million dollar market cap company. Right. That yeah. he founded. Right. Now he's sleeping on a couch. And he's yeah, you know it can happen to anybody. Yep. But um so the company, a couple of days ago, they said they're talking to buyout offers, but they're, they're not doing well. And part of the issue is they tried to, and for a while it was kind of working, um, you know, American Apparel was clothes that were made here in the United States. They had their you know, location in L.A. there and everywhere, all that. And um, it's really hard to make a buck <laughs> making anything in America still, especially clothing. So we'll see if they get bought out, but... Just looking through time of the American Apparel story this past year was just like, oh my gosh. So, anyway, um, number three, I'm sure you're all Twitter, is uh, JC Penny. Are they back from the dead? Are they truly? I don't know, man. They're just no. trying to make it through the holiday season. I was a believer, but now I'm not, and that's kind of what everybody else is doing. But um, you'll remember that uh, last fall, so this is like a year and a couple of months ago now, they had that seven or $800 million stock offering because some of their suppliers were kind of balking. They're like, are you sure you have the money to pay us if we mm-hmm. send you merchandise? Like, So they, they raised working capital by selling stock. That was, of course, bad for the current shareholders at the time, but then it kind of bounced back. But... Um, they had a good Christmas last year. Comps are starting to slow again, though. They're up a little bit, but um, their sales, their peak, you know, kind of before the recession and all that, back in, uh, you know, four or five years ago, sales like $17, 18000000000 billion a year. They're trying to get over 13 right now. So they're, they're back on positive comps growth, but they're clocking at 2 or 3% comparable sales And that's uh, off a growth. small base. And that's off of a small yeah. base, and that's the problem. If they're going to get anywhere close to back to where they were, they need to clock like a 5 or 10% gain for a couple quarters in a row before mm. they can say, yeah, we're going to go. Um, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm in the camp that JCPenney is going to have to close. Um, they have about 1,000 stores, just like 1,080 or 1,070 or something. They... This t- uh, in January last year, they announced they were going to close like 30 or 40. Um, I think they need to close like every unprofitable store, like two or 300, mm-hmm. and then they'll probably be okay. Because the stores in major urban areas, like the, the stores like in, the, they just opened one up actually, their first new store in a year is in uh, Brooklyn. That's mm-hmm. probably doing really well. It's in the middle of Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but uh, stores in the middle of nowhere, it's just not, you know, anyway. It's been a turnstile with CEOs for them. Really. Yeah, they they just had their new CEO, the uh, uh, veteran supply chain guy from Home Depot. He'll definitely at least streamline that part of the operation. But um, yeah, uh, Mike Ullman obviously had to come back out of retirement to save the retailer that he led for so long. And uh, yeah, he just stepped down, so we'll see. <laughs> so I guess for our second story, a company with less CEO turnover, Jeff Bezos and Amazon were talking drones. You know, he came out on 60 Minutes. You know, someone shocked a lot of people saying, hey, your five-pound package is going to be delivered <laughs> by, you know, drone helicopter and drop it nicely on your doorstep. Right. You know, what, what's going on there? I mean, is this a legitimate sort of technology that, that can be implemented? We, yeah, so we've talked a little bit about this in our tech show, and obviously Amazon itself is a quasi-tech, quasi-consumer sure. goods company. But um, the FAA, the uh, uh, federal government of the United States, is not being super friendly to uh, commercial drone use. Um, they, had the, they had that debacle at a regional airport in New York. Sure. Somebody flew a drone at it anyway. But um, they've given licenses to test conserp- uh, commercial drones to about five or six entities, but they're like, 
you know, Virginia Tech and uh, one of the schools in the Dakotas or something like that. So these are more research type organizations that have tons of land to work with. These are not, they didn't even give the licenses to Google, they didn't give it to Amazon. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, of course, Amazon said uh, to the United States, if you guys don't play ball, we'll just keep using our Cambridge, uh, uh, England testing facility for drones. I want to start delivering stuff. I love that move, by the way. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, we'll just do it in London. We don't care. Yeah, big screw you. Let's go here. Yeah, no, yeah. and it's uh, that's the one thing they could do because that's actually their only card to play because it's the federal government. What are you going to do to get them to, like, they run the show? Yep. Um, so that's their only card is just being like, oh, yeah, we'll leave. Yeah, go to a better party. So uh, we'll see if we get uh, this time next year, if we can get our, uh, I don't know, Starbucks delivered by drones or something. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting story. I don't know how it would work because even like here, because we're a couple of miles from Reagan International Airport, so it's like, are the drones not allowed anywhere near this thing? Like, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I understand where the federal government's coming from, but Jeff Bezos clearly wants to deliver things with drones, and this time last year, we would not have thought this was even remotely possible. Mm -hmm. So I guess looking at it, our number one investment story in consumer goods of 2014. I guess a little bit of a drum roll. It's been uh, very painful for all concerned, but of course the story is Radio Shack. Radio Shack, another near bankrupt retailer. The situation is so bad that their debt holders will not let them close stores because they want more collateral. Oh yeah. Because the stores would have inventory and that has value. It's really just rough there. Um, is this a, you know, sorry to interrupt, but is this another story like JCPenney where they're getting the working capital to hopefully make it through the holidays? Or, I mean, are, are these legitimate concerns for the company? They, time has passed them by. Sure. It's far worse than JCPenney. <laughs> yep. Um, JCPenney's talking about being cash flow positive this coming year, and Radio Shack, I mean, they're run, like they're out of money now. Mm -hmm. I and mean, it's not even, um, if they did a stock offering, I don't think any investment bank would underwrite it. At least JCPenney had investment banks to underwrite the offerings. Sure. So um, the best thing they can hope for is, you know, they had, um, God, it's been a year actually now that I think about it since they started doing this, but there's talk of them partnering with um, organizations to get inventions to market, like let's say you invent, I don't know, a bird that dips into water cups or something. Just something that's kind of fun, you know, like Invent sure. Help or whatever, getting that stuff quickly to market and they had partnered with that. Hopefully that they would become more like a, I don't want to say a Brookstone because they're not doing so hot either, but just something, gives them some kind of an edge other than just selling batteries and little robot cars and all that stuff. And uh, it's just been this slow, slow, slow circle down the drain and it's like, okay, what are we going to do guys? So. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're going to have to wind up in Chapter 11 at the very least, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only people that own this, I think, are day traders right now. It just goes up a couple of pennies it's a pretty day. Pretty volatile just, stock. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, great. Appreciate your insights. You bet. Telling our investors a little bit about 2014. I look forward to the five crazy stories we'll talk about a year from now. <laughs> well, you can look forward to the next show. Thanks for listening, fools.